This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 157, submission number 1871, Mockingbird Lane. Mockingbird Lane is an unsold pilot that aired on NBC on October 26, 2012. Hi, your humble editor here. I feel we need an early palate cleanser. Uh, you're going to need it eventually. So here's the good version of the Munsters, you know, the original version. with this idea let's do a serious reboot of the monsters a gritty reboot of the monsters and you know let's have everything with gravitas what is your favorite word Kiefer? latin gravitas and because brian fuller is involved let's have it be incredibly dark I know this was probably around the time Jeff Zucker left NBC. So you know what? I'm just going to blame him for it. Okay. But yeah, we all remember the Munsters. We all grew up with the uh, reruns of both seasons of the show. It was 60s camp at its finest. About a loving but quite monstrous suburban family. We have Herman, the big-hearted Frankenstein's monster. His wife, Lily, who is supposed to be his bride? Yeah, yeah, the bride of Frankenstein. Now, in in the series and the eventual reboot, which we will talk about some other time, she's supposed to be the bride of Frankenstein. Their son, Eddie, who is a wolfman... He's supposed to be the Wolfman. He's supposed to be the Wolfman. Their niece, Marilyn, who is supposed to be a Scream Queen. Oh, I get it, because she's the normal one. She's the normal one. Yeah, I actually did research on the Munsters a long time ago, and Marilyn was supposed to be the Scream Queen. She was basically the Janet Lee in Psycho. Oh, okay. And Grandpa, and if you don't know who Grandpa Munster is... What we podcast already, are you even listening to? We talked about Grandpa Munster in the 1-900 numbers episode. We sure did. We miss you, Al Lewis. Oh, yeah. The Junior Vampires of America. Where you, where you listened as Grandpa Munster told a crappy story for 10 minutes while your parents yelled at you a month later about the phone bill. Yep. And, of course, their pet dragon spot that lived underneath the stairs. We have... All of those people, and the fact of the matter is that 
aside from the fact that they're all sort of movie monster pastiches, they were just your average, loving, caring American family. Yeah. The pet dragon that lives underneath the stairs. Name Spot. Name Spot. In 2012, Brian Fuller decided, you know what? To hell with this! We're going to make it incredibly gothic. We're pretty much going to turn up the monster factor. Nuts to the fact that they're a loving family. I mean, there are still going to be a loving family. But this isn't going to be your grandpa's monsters. I guess that was the problem to start with. Because one of the first things you see in the uh, pilot, after the opening titles was supposed to be a Frankenstein's monster shadow. But I'll tell you something, Frankenstein's monster is back and he never looked so sexy. Yeah, but he still has the same problems that any Frankenstein's monster has. But we'll talk about that when we talk about the episode. But let's talk about the actual cast here. And in keeping with the modern interpretation of the Frankenstein monster, just being made out of human parts that somehow come together to create something incredibly sexy, he looks nothing like Boris Karloff. No. He looked looked nothing like Fred Gwynn. He looked nothing like Fred Gwynn. He looked nothing like John Shuck. That's insulting to John Shuck. Yeah. Hey, John Shuck's a legend around these parts. He is. He, he, he's like in the second or third tier. Yeah, we, we've got McLean Stevenson at the top, and then we've got a, a number of people in that second tier. He's in that second, third tier. He was he, in the new adventures of Pippi Longstocking, for Christ's sake. Oh, yeah. One of my all-time favorites movies. Yeah. You know, you know what Pippi grew up to be? Oh, yeah. I knew. I know what Pippi grew up to be. We know. We know. We're not going to say it, but we know. We know. We know. We know what she did. Mm-hmm. Herman Munster was played by the incredibly good-looking Jerry O'Connell. Oh, who- and, and if you don't know who Jerry O'Connell is, what universe are you in? Jerry O'Connell. It's Jerry freaking O'Connell. The pride of New York University for crying out tears. Stand by me. Sliders. My secret identity. Come on. Batman the Brain. Andy's got a hot wife. Andy's got a hot wife. Yeah, he he goes to bed every night with Rebecca Romaine. Life is great for Jerry O'Connell. This is just, it's like, life is great for Jerry O'Connell. This is just a speed bump on his road to the top, ladies and gentlemen. He should get his own game show reboot on ABC. Anyway, again, Jerry O'Connell plays Herman Munster, a Frankenstein's monster who, and this is going to become a problem in this particular pilot, he loves too much. Aww. He's, 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 he's a nice guy. He's intelligent, he's he's nice, he's a caring father. Well, Herman on the original show was a nice, caring father. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but one thing that Jerry O'Connell's uh, Herman Munster didn't come across as was aloof, like uh, Fred Gwynn and like John Shuck. 
you know, he basically knew he was not the typical oaf father. He, he was a very refined. He was more Hank Hill and less Homer Simpson. Well, a refined version of Hank Hill. Okay, I can buy that. Okay. His wife, hot Frankenstein, needs a hot wife. And his wife is played by Portia de Rossi. And Lily Munster, in this particular version, is played as a vamp. No, seriously. She's a vampire. Yeah. She's not the bride of Frankenstein. She's actually a vampire. And unlike Grandpa, she tries very hard, I might add, not to attack anyone. Which, you know, it sort of lines up with the original Lily Munster, except they got the creatures wrong. Playing the niece, Marilyn, is Charity Wakefield, which you remember from the 2016 Christmas special on Doctor Who, The Return of Doctor Mysterio. Oh yeah, the superhero episode. Yeah, the superhero episode where uh, Justin Chatwin... Who uh, who played Goku on in the Dragon Ball movie, which we were going to cover in the Patreon podcast. It was a thing at the movies. I just wanted to... Just does not listen to the doctor's advice. Yeah. And he says, I'm going to be a superhero. Oh, dear. <laughs> but, yeah. But Charity Wakefield, she plays Marilyn, and like the original, she is normal. She's a normie. She looks and acts normal. She's the voice of sanity, and much to Grandpa's chagrin, she likes life on Mockingbird Lane. Why? I don't know. And uh, speaking of, oh wait, we're, we're get to Grandpa, but next we're going to get to little Eddie Munster, played by Mason Cook, who you may remember as Cecil Wilson in Spy Kids All the Time in the World. Get it all the time in the world. It's a reference to the song by Louis Armstrong in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And then he also played Ray on Speechless. So he spent the better part of his childhood on ABC, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He, he also played Tyler on The Goldbergs. I, I believe one of um, the, the main character's uh, uh, classmates. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he played Tyler in four episodes, and I, I, I'm not a big Goldbergs fan, sadly, but the episodes I've seen, he was in. The President's yep. Fitness Test back in 2014. So, yeah, he's outgrown that role, though, because, you know, it's supposed to be a high school. Yeah. You know, so. And then, now, Eddie in this version. Now, in the original Monsters, Eddie is well aware of his werewolf status. In this version... Imagine if being a werewolf was akin to puberty. Because he looks like a normal kid, and all of a sudden, he goes attacking people. And in fact, this whole show began as a camping trip went wrong, basically. A camping trip went wrong, you say? A camping trip that goes horribly, horribly wrong. I'm staying out of this. But nobody tells him that he's a werewolf until the very end. He's like, and every time a full moon comes and he attacks something, his family says they have to move because 
this place is being infested with baby bears. What? Yeah, they blame the the Wolfman attacks on uh, on baby bears. Yeah, this is not your uh, Twilight werewolf. This werewolf bites back. And then there's Grandpa. Is it the incredibly savvy Al Lewis? Nope. Is it the somewhat savvy, but nowhere near Al Lewis Howard Morton? Nope. But they got a big name they for got this. The money, they got the money shot on this one. Yeah. They got Eddie freaking Izzard. Yeah. That's a big name for this pilot. It's a big name. And if you don't know who Eddie Izzard is... What podcast are you even listening to? It's a big name, but really playing Grandpa, he, he doesn't look that old. He's not that old, and his character would have to be uh, changed accordingly. This Grandpa's played a lot darker. Now, normally, Grandpa just, you know, wanted to comfort and have a good time and be a dirty old man. Yeah, this grandpa likes to murder people and oh no, yeah. In fact, most of the episode centers around grandpa satisfying his urges. Let's say. Oh no, 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 no! Not that way, people. He wants to eat. He wants to eat people. No, that makes it even worse. Oh, no, that makes him a cannibal. No. No, he's not a cannibal. He's a vampire. That doesn't make this, it any no, better. I'm not making this any better, am I? No. But there is a, sort of a good side to Grandpa in that he begrudgingly accepts the rest of his family. Okay. So, uh, yay. Yeah. And there's also a dragon named Spot, but he lives on the roof instead of the stairs. Okay. So, NBC announced the pilot in January 2012, and they also announced that the show would take on a more modern tone and that the monsters would look more like regular people. And they announced that the show would be handed over to Brian Fuller. Who, by the way, you look at his CV, he has a type. We have Dead Like Me, Wonderfalls, future entry, Pushing Daisies, another future entry, and Hannibal. Okay, so we should have known that this is not going to be a comedy reboot. Well, it's going to be a dark comedy reboot. Well, not okay, I, I, I mean more in the traditional sense it's not going to be like it's going to be more like a single camera not a multi-camera well but also I'm talking about in a traditional sense to the original Munsters and also the Munsters today being let's say sitcom yeah now interestingly enough they had announced that Mariana Clavino was going to play Lily and of course you know her best as Lorena Ball from True Blood and Perry Westmore from Future Entry, Devious Maids. But she was let out of her contract to uh, star on Devious Maids. And Portia de Rossi was brought in. Oh, did we mention Portia de Rossi? Yeah, we did. You okay. mentioned her. Okay, cool. Uh, we all know what Portia de Rossi is most famous for being. Well, the two things. Yeah. 
Arrested Development and Mrs. Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. And also, future entry, Nick Freno, licensed teacher. Oh, yeah. Nick Freno, licensed teacher. With the late, great Mitch Mullaney. Oh, yeah. That was a great show. Oh, yeah, totally. No, seriously, it was a great show. It was incredible. Uh, Then they made it sort of weird in the second season. Oh, yeah, and then knowing. But we'll talk about that. We will talk about that. So, what happened at 1313 Mockingbird Lane? Well, before we figure that one out, we have to go back a bit. To, like I said before, a camping trip gone horribly, horribly wrong. As there's just a bunch of scouts and a family just camping it up, camp style. Next thing you know, a wolf shows up. And the next day in the morning, in the place where the wolf went to sleep, we find a young boy wearing nothing but the clothes God gave him. He was naked. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we fast forward to Mockingbird Lane, where Marilyn is actually looking at the house across the street from the house that the realtor is showing And that would be 1313 Mockingbird Lane, somewhere in San Francisco. And she immediately falls in love with it, never mind the fact that a hobo was murdered in it. Well, also, remember, uh, that house was being torn down, essentially. Yeah, it was being torn down, but Marilyn was like, we'll take it. And so, in come the rest of the family. Herman and Lily still haven't told Eddie that the bear attack from previously was actually Eddie. Now, Grandpa and Marilyn, they both want to tell him of that he is indeed a werewolf, but Herman and Lily want to wait and have the talk, which is, you know what? Does this remind you of anything? Meanwhile, Eddie really wants to have to talk because he thinks something's wrong with him and he's wondering why they have to move again and why they always have to move every time there's a full moon out. And he's he's genuinely afraid that he's going to become a carnivorous monster like his mom and his grandpa. He wants to be a vegetarian and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Meanwhile, Herman is out on a walk, just enjoying the new place, and something happens. He enjoys it a little too much, and his heart breaks, and he dies. What? It's a comedy! Uh, He had a Herb Abrams happen to him? Yeah, he enjoys it a little too much, his heart literally breaks, and he dies. The next thing he knows, he wakes up in Grandpa's basement, strapped to what looks to be a gurney, and his chest cavity is opened up. Oh yeah, and his heart was replaced with another heart, because the heart that Herman already has, his last remaining original part, I should say, he's kind of attached to it. But Grandpa warns him, you need a heart replacement or else... You're done, son. 
Now, here's the deal. I could get a heart replacement, but I gotta kill somebody. You get a heart, I get something to eat, everybody wins! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, this is dark! Yeah! It's a Brian Fuller joke. What did you expect? Okay, so Herman says that he's kind of attached to his old heart, so, quite begrudgingly, Grandpa decides to put the heart back in him. But Grandpa still has to eat something. Or somebody. or Yeah, somebody. So, Marilyn and Grandpa decide to go out and meet the neighbors. Grandpa insists on making cookies for the neighbors. What the neighbors don't know is that the cookies were sort of a jammy dodger sort of scenario. But instead of jam... Grandpa has drops of his own blood. So he can, you know, mind control his neighbors. Well, it's a step up from what he really wanted to do with his neighbors. He wanted to eat his neighbors. But instead, he just mind controls them. Gets them to paint the house. While Herman is talking to Grandpa about how do you solve a problem like Eddie? And meanwhile, the neighbors decide we're going to paint the house. And by decide, I mean Grandpa tells him to paint the house. He falls to his death. And what does Herman do? Instead of getting the heart, grabbing the heart and giving it to Grandpa, he calls 911 and the ambulance jumps him back to life. Meanwhile, in a B-plot... Lily and Herman want Eddie to join up with the, I guess we're going to call this the Scouts, the Wildlife Explorer, the Scout Paralogue of Mockingbird Lane, the Wildlife Explorers. And one thing they have to do is sort of jerry-rig some sort of backstory, because Eddie wasn't a Wildlife Explorer, they're just trying to get him in. So while they're out, you know, getting some sort of patch as a uh, wildlife explorer, Grandpa goes in full-on bat mode and eats a deer right in front of Eddie. And Eddie is not having any of it. He doesn't want to be the monster that Grandpa or Lily is. You know, Herman and Lily are eventually going to have to have to talk with Eddie. I'm just saying. But... Grandpa says, we still have to find you a heart. So, what about his scoutmaster, Steve? And again, Herman gets a heart. Grandpa gets something to eat. Everybody wins. His scoutmaster, Steve, who, by the way, is played by Cheyenne Jackson, who is known more for his work on Broadway, is a widower and has a heart that's just young enough. Grandpa wants to kill him. He can feed off his blood. Herman can get a new heart. Herman doesn't want his heart. He's happy with his own heart. Thank you very much. And as it would happen, Steve is actually Marilyn's date for dinner. And they're having dinner in the family living room. Uh -oh. And the talk gets really, really awkward. 
where Eddie decides he wants to be a vegetarian, and Grandpa decides he wants to uh, curb his urges. In fact, the episode ends when Grandpa goes full-on bat mode, Marilyn tries to restrain him, and ends up pushing Steve down the staircase to the basement, where he dies. Whether he dies in the fall or dies because Grandpa ate him, well, we'll leave that to your own imagination. But the next thing you know, Herman is having the talk with Eddie, and they come to a really tender moment and a really good understanding when Herman loves Eddie too much and his heart breaks and he dies again. He wakes up, strapped to a gurney, and beating with Steve's heart. Now, this was sort of a sticking point because Herman's afraid of everything changing. Eddie's becoming a man? And he's losing his last original part. After having the talk with Herman and Lily, Eddie sort of understands where he is and accepts the fact that for 28 days out of the month, he could be a vegetarian. But that one night when the moon is at its fullest, he cannot control his urges. Luckily, Herman and Lily have just the solution. A family pet to watch after him when he goes wolfman mode. A dragon. So what went wrong? Other than beginning, middle... End. Well, they tested this out on October 26th, and they found out that 5.47 million American viewers watched it, and it had a 1.55 rating in the demo. Which, let's be honest, in 2021, most shows would kill for that sort of number. Yeah. No, kill, because, you know, Brian Fuller. Oh, jeez. But ultimately, it came down to Robert Greenblatt saying this. We just decided that it didn't hold together well enough to yield a series. It looked beautiful and original and creative, but it just all ultimately didn't come together. It just didn't ultimately, creatively all work. We felt great about it, the cast, but we tried to make it not just a sitcom. We tried to make it an hour, which ultimately has more dramatic weight than a half hour. It's hard to calibrate how much weirdness versus supernatural versus family story. I just think we didn't get the mix right. Oh, gee, you think? Oh, that... My God, the legal. Oh, by the way, did we mention who directed this pilot? The director was... Are you ready for this? Brian Singer. And the less said about Brian Singer, the better. That's some bad hat, Harry. I as like I can tell you right now, on television, Brian Singer did only one good thing on television. What is that? House. Oh yeah. But yeah, it seems like the show watching it back did not know what it wanted to be. Whereas the original show knew exactly what it wanted to be. A typical American family 
made up of movie monsters. They basically wanted to go all in on the whole monster thing. And ultimately, it was like, okay, you wanted to go all in, fine. But when you go all in and you have Eddie Izzard playing Grandpa, you realize you have to go all the way in. Yeah, it's like you can't be serious if you have him in this pilot. Yeah. But, you know, say what you will, but it did give Eddie Izzard a, a shot at, um... What's, what's the name Serious of that? fair. Yeah, that seri- well, serio-comedic fair. And it's not like Eddie Izzard didn't do serio-comic roles before, because he did The Riches. Yeah. Yeah. And he also did uh, Day of the Trippids. I think it was for the BBC that either the B- yeah, it was it was for the BBC. So it's not like uh he didn't do that sort of thing already. So there you go. And I should say that and let me tell you something here. I was today years old when I learned that Eddie Izzard had transitioned. Oh yeah, I knew that for a while, like oh. a month. She now prefers she and her pronouns, but doesn't mind he and him. So if okay, somebody's... so it so it doesn't matter what we say. Okay, yeah, all right, that's cool. Cool. So all of this come together, guys. You've been listening to me prattle on about this steaming pile of pilot here. I could not get past, like, three minutes of this on Daily Motion. I tapped out. Oh, wow. That bad, huh? Yeah. It was as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, I remember watching this uh, when it originally aired. And the way it was sold was as a reboot of the Monsters. So immediately in my head, okay, it's going to be more towards a sitcom. And immediately right off the bat, when you have the, the scout camping scene and uh, you have uh, Eddie waking up the next morning in uh, full undress because he was a werewolf. Yeah, that that really is not Munster's humor or even close to, to humorous. I tapped out pretty early when it originally aired. Yeah. You know what I would rather do than this? What's that? Play the Munsters pinball table. Woo! Oh, that you like you very much. That, yeah, that there's another entry for it was a pinball machine. Yeah, come out came out a couple of years ago from Stern. I actually played it uh, at one of the bars around here at Eastport, Long Island, a while back. That's yeah. cool. That that is cool. You know, it would have been a really cool thing. I believe they had a Munster slot machine. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they had a Munster Yeah, I remember machine. seeing it in Vegas a while back, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Get all the slot machines. Although, I gotta say, probably not as good as the one slot machine that has Sarah Priebus on it. I'm not even joking. There's a dating slot machine game that has Sarah Priebus in it. How come she hasn't done television? I know, right? Come on, Sarah. Come on, cast Sarah Freeman or something. It's like, you got a freaking good talent there. And honestly, I heard her sing. She can also, she can blow. She can blow. Oh, yeah. 
No, 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 not, 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 no. No, she she has pipes on her. She has pipes that make her sing. Yes. That's what we mean. Dirty little people. Get your mind out of the gutter, you Yeah. Yeah. So what do we have to say about Mockingbird Lane? Oh, God. It was a sexed-up version of the Munsters. But somebody forgot to put the love and the heart. And in 2012, ultimately, it was a thing on TV. It was. Oh, no, it had the heart. It clearly went back into Herman Munster's little zippered compartment chest. Oh! Tish! Mike, you know what? You get points for that. Okay, thank you. But yeah, it, it's no. It, it made for a good one-off around Halloween. I mean, the timing was impeccable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the 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 less said about it, the better, in my opinion. Yeah. But I do have something I want to show you guys. What? We're gonna wash that uh that stench of mockingbird laid out of your mouth with a little bit of eBay prices. Right? Let's go. Mm. Oh no, that's not going to wash the taste out. I don't want to do this. This is going to enhance it. Something that 1313 Mockingbird Lane didn't have the Munster Coach. What do you mean? And, the this month- is, and we mean? are bidding on the Munster Coach toy from 1964. What is a Munster's Coach toy? It's a toy based off the family car. Okay, and it's made by a company called Coach. No, it's made by AMT. You know why is it called the Coach toy? It's the Munster Coach. Have you never heard of a vehicle called a coach? Oh, okay. All right. I was confused. I was thinking a company made it or Craig T. Nelson made it. I don't know. No. Could you imagine if Craig T. Nelson made a toy? That would actually be pretty cool, actually. Could you imagine Craig T. Nelson as Herman Munster? (laughs) Oh, that would be awesome. That would have been awesome. That would have been epic. Epic. And you Epic. know he has the chops because he was in Poltergeist. And you know who could play uh, the niece, Marilyn? Who? Sarah Priebus. There you go. Oh, my gosh. Oh, we, we just made a whole reboot. <laughs> we just made a whole reboot. All you need to do is find an Eddie, a grandpa, and a Lily, and we're good to go. We're good to go. Not Billy Piper. She's busy. Anyway. Oh, yeah. She's, she's got that show. I Hate Susie. By the way, really good show, I Hate Susie. Anywho, the AMT Munster Coach toy from 1964. Vintage toy, very nice shape with minimal wear. Box is original and all parts are present. The Coach toy is great, appears complete, and the only wear is some of the silver finishing is wearing off. Rare to find and sells the pieces to make the motor noise. Okay. Mike, you lasted the longest out of the three of us, so... Oh, thank you. Um, I'm going to go $249. 
Okay, Greg. No, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it right now. One penny. No, I'm not gonna one dollar. I'm not gonna one dollar. I'm gonna one penny him. It has more value than. Okay, Chico, give us the price. Okay. The actual buy it now price for the Munsters coached car toy from 1964 from AMT. Oh god, you guys are so off. He's asking for $1500. Oh. F- I knew my 249 was realistic. I knew Greg was <laughs> there. I'm like, this guy, you know what? No. I'm not going to do it. I'm There's not no- going to do it. Why no would way. anyone nope. pay for that? The kitsch value. I don't know. It's not even in mint condition. It's I've been to hobby shops. I good. guarantee you they sell it for less than $1,500. It's like, no. Well, you got to remember, there's got to be a little bit of a rarity factor because the show it is, a, it is rare. Seasons. It is rare. And, and also AMT, I've never heard of as, as a maker. Uh, AMT is what used to be Ertl. Er, is Ertl. that the company that made oh, the Ertl. model? Oh, okay. Is that the company that made the model kits for the Enterprise on Star Trek? Uh, yes. Yeah, as, aluminum, uh, aluminum model toys. Yeah. Yes, that's made famous on that episode of the toys that made us on Star Trek. Okay. I love that show. Well, that model kit's awesome. If you've ever seen a picture of it, it is. I still say that my bid was a little more realistic. I actually thought it might be maybe five hundred dollars, but fifteen hundred? No, 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 no. It's not that rare. No. Um. Yeah. All right. Let's forget about all this stuff about AMT model kits. Although I would like to have an AMT model kit of the Enterprise. That's sick. That would be awesome. that would be it's so sick. Yeah, it is. Okay. You can always go to our website. It was a thing on TV.com where we have all sorts of goodies. We have new episodes coming to you twice a week. We have mini-sodes. We have live shows. We have director's cuts of past episodes. You can all find that fun stuff over at itwasathingontv.com. And also, we have episodes streaming on YouTube. You can go to youtube.com, search It Was A Thing On TV, find our episodes there. And as always, don't forget to subscribe and ring that bell. For new episodes. Yep. Now, next time, sort of a... I want to say this is part one of a two-parter. Oh, yes. For Pilot Week. Yeah, because we're covering a movie that turned into a TV show. But we're covering the movie first. We're covering the movie version that morphed into the pilot. But, oh my god, as we said last week, this is a star-studded episode. I will say this, Mike. I would say this is an event that is 157 episodes in the making. Oh, yeah. They have that guy. That guy. That other guy. That other guy. That That third guy. guy. That That lady. America's ass. A robot. And Crispin Glover for some reason. And Morty McFly. Oh, Oh, you got both McFlies in it. Both McFlies. And guess what? They're actually playing age-appropriate roles for a change. 
Oh, yeah. Not the awkwardness in Back to the Future. That's not awkward at all. But you'll find out more about that in our next episode of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Thursday. Wow! First thing you do, Eddie, is to address the ball. Hello, ball. Uh, 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 that's a joke, Eddie. Oh, sorry. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs>